We have a very special guest um, for a very special episode today. Uh, our guest is the super talented, award-winning costume designer, Miss Ruth E. Carter. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, if before we get into the uh, interview, really quick, I want to go back and reintroduce you, um, just to give you a proper welcome. Um, Geek Vibes Nation, we have a very special episode with a very special guest. Our guest is super talent is a super talented award winning costume designer, Miss Ruth E. Carter. Hey, thank you. I get super Absolutely. before my name after doing a superhero film. <laughs> you were super well before that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Not a problem, not a problem. So let's get right into it. Um, man, I think Black Panther is still, I believe it's either number one or number two uh, in the box office still. That movie has just broken so many records, accomplished so many things. Uh, main mm-hmm. thing I wanted to start off asking you was, what was your influence for the look of the the wardrobe for Black Panther? Well, my influences were to present the um, – African diaspora uh, to present the Africa to bring royalty um, to the table um, to look at it that in a way that's um, not the same way that we've seen in other films. Um, I really didn't want to use a lot of African fabrics because as much as we love coming to America, they really utilized all those beautiful African fabrics in that film. So I was very conscious of that, and I I know how beloved the Coming to America um, comedy was, so I really wanted to separate from that and make this aesthetic for the wardrobe much Yeah, absolutely. Coming to America uh, is a a comedy, so I could definitely imagine how you wanted to separate the two because of uh, how on a different level Black Panther was and how more serious uh, and, and somewhat grounded it needed to be. So I, I could definitely understand the uh, the need to want to separate the two. Yes, precisely. And plus, um, Ryan Coogler and Hannah Beekler put together a Wakandan manual that talked about the different tribes that would be represented in the different parts of Wakanda, what uh, tribe Ramonda was from. A lot was based on the original comics. But we felt that there was an opportunity here to present Wakanda in our way because the comics are those little boxes that you only have a little opportunities to really show what the world of Wakanda looked like. And so we had such a, a bigger medium and a bigger canvas to paint our story. So we took uh, 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 command of the opportunity and and went into um, a lot of detail uh, with crafting the costumes. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. And 
the main thing I always think about is, is somewhat uh, difficult for costume designers are um, you kind of go into it with like, all right, well, this is how the comic books make these, these characters look. But how would they mm-hmm. look if, you know, if, if you were to translate it into real world? Uh, and I always imagine yeah. something that's, that's like really hard to, you know, to kind of translate. Uh, would you say that's something yeah. that was more difficult? Definitely. Um, the comics really just give you a generalized version. And sometimes that's enough for, you know, a comic book story to see that the colors are a certain way. Because we definitely have a color palette with our um, Black Panther film. And it's 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 harkened from the comics basically too. Um, everyone, um, whether it's Nakia who's Lupita in green, or the Dora in the red, Azuri in the purple, and the Black Panther in the black, um, Shuri in her lab having the white lab dress, or the orange that she wore underneath one of her um, lab looks. So we kept the colors very specific to um, the world, and we had meanings um, behind it. So it was very, very well thought out and deliberate, and definitely a collaborative effort. And I think a lot of people don't realize the collaboration that it takes to do a film this size. We had Marvel illustrators. I had uh, costume illustrators. We had a manual um, and our ultimate source for um, approvals was our executive, Nate Moore, and ultimately our director, Ryan Cooper. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the biggest thing, like everyone, you know, raves over the acting, the directing, which by no means am I taking um, uh, away from what an amazing job everyone in those aspects did. To me, the biggest thing that made Black Panther special for me was just how beautiful mm-hmm. it it not only depicted Africa to be, but uh, Wakanda. Like, I, I read the comics of Black Panther, and, you know, I just yeah. never really thought it could translate to the big screen as far as just, like, really ah. expanding on how beautiful it is. So after I saw it, wow. I was like, man, it just made me truly appreciate how beautiful all aspects of both Africa and Wakanda uh, truly are, and the characters, how it brought out, uh, a lot of the characters as far as what they were wearing and how beautiful both the costume and just the whole concept of Wakanda was. Oh, well, that's nice to hear you say from a comic book uh, follower of the Black, Black Panther uh, because I, I, too, wonder what the comic book uh, fans um, think of it. Absolutely. I think sometimes uh, a lot of the hardcore comic book fans have an unreal expectation of how uh-huh. you're able to translate from the book to the actual big screen. And Black uh-huh. Panther is one of those instances showing you that you not only can exceed that expectation, but you can also bring it into a way to where it's like, it doesn't seem too comic booky. Like, oh, this is just all com-. Like Black Panther really felt like we're like maybe 10 years away from like that actually being something that's like realistic. Like it felt real. It was so yes. grounded. And again, yes. it was just visually, it was just beautiful. Yeah. And I think in, in my part, I really wanted the costumes to feel real. I didn't want them to feel like costumes. You know, sometimes you can put a gold lame cloak on someone and they walk around with big, broad attitude 
and all of a sudden it just feels real. It feels like it's a performance. And I really wanted every costume to have a story and feel like there's a story behind it. It's a real, it's a real thing. It has a future, you know, to it. Like with Adora, I really felt like it, it should be, uh, a uniform, like a samurai uniform or, you know, and Anthony Francesco is the original illustrator of the Dora costume. And, and it's my, my charge to bring it to life, to take it from the paper and craft it in such a way that is wearable. And it's, and, and, and within that, I infused a lot of the African um, ideas of um, that that I felt made it um, a warrior costume. And again, uh, just let me say, you exceeded uh, the expectations on uh, you know bringing it, translating it, and actually making it truly pop and stand out. Yeah. Um, you being you. you being an award winner yourself, I wanted to ask. This is one of the more important questions that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, because I think it's a very important uh, conversation to have. Um, okay. The the Oscars. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how hard do you think Black Panther made it on the Oscars? Like, do you feel as though it's it's going to be one of those things to where it's going to be undeniable that Black Panther in some realm, whether it be Michael B. Jordan for uh, Best Actor or Chadwick or Kugler for uh, Best Director, or you for the costume design, do you think you guys have made it, like, almost very difficult for them to deny you something for the Oscars? Difficult to deny. We're all going to be there in the room. We're all going to cheer for each other. It's going to be It's going to be impossible to ignore. And if it's ignored, the fans are going to make sure that somebody has to pay attention so it's going to be an event next year. Absolutely. Was that a good Absolutely. <laughs> that was an amazing answer. And honestly, I want everyone <laughs> who who went out and supported this movie, don't let it stop there. Not only do I want everyone to go out and buy the DVD when it releases, but we have to make uh, a, a stand with the Oscars because I feel as though superhero movies is something they kind of look at as like, we don't really let that in here outside of just like maybe uh you know the designs and yeah, stuff it's like not that maybe raw enough. Yeah, right yeah right yeah. I, so I, I see feel where as you're though, going with that mm-hmm. I feel as though Black Panther changed the conversation it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't leave that movie like man this was like a great comic book movie I left saying this was a phenomenal movie in general I didn't have to box Ooh. it in so I mm-hmm. think you know it's going to be really hard for there has to be some facet of Black Panther that gets nominated and wins. Like, I, I'm going to say it now. I don't even know what movies will come out during Oscar season, uh, you know, next year. Yeah, but, but they're going to press to beat us. Yeah, they are. I'm but if, if we make enough noise, if we make enough yes. noise, it, it, could, it could get a little difficult for them because I, I feel as though you yes. can't ignore Ryan Coogler again. I feel as though he did an amazing no. job with Creed. An amazing job genius. with Fruitvale Station. You can't keep mm-hmm. ignoring this man's great work. You can't keep ignoring it. Just give it to him. I know he's only 31 years old, but he's talented. He's gifted. He's a visionary. He's an artist. He's a director. He was the leader. He led the charge. There's no doubt about it. No, 
no misconception. He's the man. He's the one. Absolutely. And I will ask you, what are your expectations for you uh, yourself in what you did with with Black Panther getting a uh, a nomination? Oh, I have no expectations. Oh, you you have to have some. You have to have some expectations. Well, you know, you did too I, great I of a job not to have expectations. Be, I can't help but be excited. However, say this: the film, the way that it was received across the world, is a win. I knew that when we finished shooting, that we had something so special. When we took those still photos that you see of the royal family, the whole group together, I knew Mm -hmm. then when we were shooting those pictures that we had something special. I was pretty much jumping out of my skin, and I was looking for an ally that day to just go, oh, my God, oh, my God, with. And then it was received in such a warm way that that in itself is, for me, the win. Now, Oscar comes around and they want to, you know, do their Oscar's so white thing or they want to do their ignoring of a young, talented director or they want to ignore the costumes because it's superhero. I don't know, but I don't think so. I, I just hope, I'm hopeful, and I can't, I can't help but be humble when it comes to me. I have to... I want to cheer the film. I want to cheer Hannah Beekler, Rachel Morrison, Ryan Coogler. I want to cheer us for Best Best Picture, and I'll and I want and I want to be humble about Ruth Carter. <laughs> yeah, Liz, I, I completely understand that, uh, and I'm I'm actually okay with that. Uh, we will do the the celebrating and the running through the streets for you, um, but you know <laughs> I, I do think that uh, one thing before the movie actually hit theaters, like when people got advanced screenings uh, and the press kind of got to see Black Panther uh, ahead of its Mm -hmm. release, one thing that everyone kept saying was it was so beautiful. The look was Mm. so beautiful. Numerous people Mm. were saying that. So I'm like, all right, well, if you're seeing it, these are the same people we need to step up when when, when Oscar season comes around. So then we could really start yeah. to make noise to, to get it a, a serious nomination. Because uh, to me, I feel yeah. as though uh, when we get nominated, it's like, all right, well, you know, there you go. We nominated you. But, no, I think, you know, with this film, I think it's it's going to be really hard for you to convince uh, a lot of people, whatever movie comes out between now and Oscar season next year, that something was just way better than what Black Panther yeah. gave yeah, so and I appreciate that. Thank you. And, you know, I'm putting together an exhibit of costumes of my work for 30 years, you know, my life's work. And I'm uh, sending it around through um, the East Coast all the way out to the West Coast and the major cities. And hopefully it'll be a chance for students to um, take a look at my career and the uh, and the dedication that I have given to it, because I feel like the Black Panther, it brings it all for a circle. You know, when you think of Amistad or Roots and how what, how we were stripped of culture, the Black Panther actually shows you what was stripped. And that, that is a full circle moment for me. Absolutely, and that's so important. Please, um, we will be following up with you 
uh, after this interview to find out more about that uh, so we could definitely check it out and then spread the word more uh, uh, about it. Thank and, yes, you. like you said, you've, you've put in so much work. Um, and mm-hmm. I do, I do kind of see how, how it is full circle. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, again, it just adds to how beautiful uh, that was. Um, let me also ask you, uh, Marvel recently came out and uh, said they're green lighting a, a sequel, which isn't a shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm more mm-hmm. shocked that they had to make I, that announcement because we already assumed it. Um, yeah. What are the chances we will see uh, see you return to do the costume design for Black Panther uh, Part 2? Yeah, I would love to, but I have kind of led my career with every director that I have gone back to and done another film with. I've done 12 with uh, Spike Lee. I I did a couple with John Singleton. And I always say that they have the choice uh, of who they would like to spearhead the costume design. And I I think I'm not comfortable in that space of assuming um, because I just don't like being disappointed. So I like to kind of live my life day by day, you know, happy with what's in the present. And if there's a future prize there that I get to do the second one, you know, I'm not going to prepare for it now. I'm going to prepare for it when it comes. And, you know, I'm hopeful and I'm positive about the future. Um, and I, I, I would love to do it. But like I said, I think that it's, it's one of those things that I don't focus on. I, I completely understand that. And I'm pretty sure when we hear uh, that Ryan Coogler is going into uh, production work, I'm sure around the time we hear that, I'm, I, I'm almost certain, I want to say, uh, that <laughs> we'll, hear, we'll hear you'll be coming back uh, <laughs> yeah. to give us another okay. uh, look at what you could do uh, with those characters and as far as the, yeah. the costume design. Um, I yeah, know there I were some scenes that, that were cut, oh, you sorry, know, so I, I, oh, sorry about that. I just no, know no, that there's ahead. other costumes that didn't make it into the final cut, and I'd love to show those costumes off, too. Well, I, I originally heard, I don't know if this is true, I don't know if you would know this is true uh, either, but I had heard Ryan Coogler had like a four-hour cut of Black Panther. Yeah, so really I was hoping. One. And I remember yeah. on Twitter, the guy was like, somebody was like, hey, that's okay. We'll just have a barbecue and, you know, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I didn't want I didn't want it to end. So if that's true, um, I hope the mm-hmm. designs that you had uh, that, you know, that we got to see more from it, if he does release the four-hour uh, edition for the, the DVD. Right. Mm. Exactly. Um, That'd be I know incredible. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I I'd, I'd gladly mm-hmm. uh, buy that to see that four mm-hmm. hour edition. Um, mm-hmm. I just have two or three more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. Another one of them was, uh, you know, looking at uh, Killmonger's um, costume and mm-hmm. T'Challa's. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What what went into the idea of constructing what you wanted Killmonger and T'Challa's look to be? Um, Marvel's also very hands-on with Killmonger. Um, he's one of those uh, characters that uh, Ryan was able to develop uh, because he wasn't fully developed in the comics. And so they um, gave me a sketch of the vest that I had to construct. And I think on the, for the most part, because Killmonger was, you know, the, the kid that was left behind, 
he kind of represents the African-American, the lost tribe. Um, it was important that he be this guy that we could all really relate to as, a, you know, urban, unapologetic. Um, you know, he was a little angry, you know, a little angry. He was angry. Um, <laughs> and and I think that it kind of gave uh, his anger context and it really made him uh, – this uh, this relatable guy for, you know, a lot of kids, you know, today that, you know, raised without their father. I mean, he had this traumatic um, instance where he saw his father, he, he found his father dead. And, and so you kind of related to him in that way. So as far as the, the costumes, um, you know, they, they really needed to be American black males. Oh, American and, urban male, and, and you did his it. Jean jacket, yeah, his jean jacket in the um, museum scene, you know, was bought off the rack. You know, he has some beads around his neck. That's your hint that of his um, African um, origins, but it it just feels kind of like hint, uh, hip and kind of you know a little Afrocentric. You really don't you really don't know yet. Um, what he's all about, you know, he's wearing his drop crotch jeans and his Balmain boots, so he has a little hip-hop flair to him, and I think that, you know, he he was an important character to the story and the framework of, and the balance of what we were doing with uh, T'Challa, who basically is like, you know, the private school kid, he's the prince, you know, who uh, you know, was trained to uh, take over the throne as king, you know, his whole life. So there's a quietness to him and uh, an elegance to him. And so his clothes were more tailored and uh, more thought out, more um, more detail was given to it um, as a king who was who probably, you know, has a host of people responsible for adorning him and uh, tailoring him. So it's important that he look impeccable uh, and represent, you know, the kingdom of Wakanda. So uh, between the two of them, you really got a balance of, you know, Cain and Abel, good and bad, you know, um, which culminates to uh, an end. And you did an amazing job. I always feel as though um, if the costume design is done uh, well, to me, stories can be told through the attire, um, not just yes. the, the the story of writing. So to me, uh, and it was fun as a comic book fan, I knew who the character Killmonger was. So I knew that at some point mm-hmm. it was going to be revealed. Um, well, I was, I was assuming. Let me not say I knew. I was yes, assuming at some point it would be cousin. revealed. Right, mm-hmm. that he was uh, Wakandan. So to me what mm-hmm. was fun was to see everyone else in the theater who saw ah, the, the wardrobe that he was surprise. wearing. And it was just like, ah. all right, well, he's definitely, like, American or, or whatever. Like, I wonder what his beef is with T'Challa. So it was fun to see um, when he revealed himself. It was just like, oh, you know, people around me were just like, I didn't see that coming. And it was just like, to me, wardrobe also tells a story. And if, if yeah. the wardrobe is done so well, you could have the audience thinking one thing, and then boom, it's actually something else. So, you know, you definitely knocked that out of the park. Uh, because I will say not a lot of people saw that that connection based off of just purely what he was wearing. He screamed American. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was really fun to see that kind of play out. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome because costume designers are storytellers first. And, you know, a lot of times we approach this from a fashion point of view and actors, they complain because they really want to embody the character and what, what things make it, make them, you know, come to life as this other person, not just what looks good on me and has no meaning and no context. Absolutely. And like I said, you, you get, you gave that a home run because it, it screamed that. And then the difference between T'Challa and Killmonger mm-hmm. when you first see Killmonger, just something as simple as how they dress. And then you go into yes. how they carry themselves and stuff like that. So again, I think that's very important for our, our listeners to know uh, who, who don't pick up on those things that uh, costume designs also tell stories too. It's not just what yes. you're, you know, what you're receiving from those characters uh, performing. It's, mm-hmm. it's what they're wearing can scream a story also. Um, yeah, because it helps spe- their performance. It absolutely does. I feel as though mm-hmm. it's just like when you listen to a really good song. Like the singer could be amazing, mm-hmm. but if the beat behind mm-hmm. it is really bad, it doesn't complement oh. it. So it's, it's the same <laughs> thing here. Like when you see an actor performing, to me, the costume design kind of goes hand in hand with that because to me, it's two stories going on there. So, and then mm-hmm. they become one. So, to me, I, I have to, that costume design has to be really uh, done really well for it to complement what the actor's giving me. Yeah, I like that analogy. Uh huh, I'm the drumbeat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And by the way, <laughs> the, not the official soundtrack that Kendrick did, the. Uh, the soundtrack of just the, the songs that were playing in the background, the score. That's what I meant. The score was beautiful. Man, was that score beautiful. Wasn't it? Um, wow. It was, I it listened so to it amazing. and I said, wow, I want to go back and see the movie just to hear that again. You know, look at it from yet another perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do want to ask you this. I, I have a friend whose daughter is, is 13 and loves costume design. Uh, what advice mm-hmm. would you give someone looking to enter that world? The 13-year-old, okay, mm-hmm. just have fun. Just look at things as if they are a creative outlet and have fun creating characters, telling stories. Um, I think when I was 13, I used to like to draw, and I would copy my brother's illustrations. I just liked what my brother – I copied my brother's everything, uh, and – Drawing was one of those things that I copied. You know, if he drew a mouse with a tam and the black power fist, uh, I drew the same mouse. And and we had all of these characters and stuff. I know that when you're young, you have the ability to imagine and dream and, and create. So for young people, I think keep creating. You may not end up being a costume designer, but you might be an animator or you might be a storyteller of another kind. So if you, if you think that costumes is what you want to, want to be, then, then do artistic things that feel like they are developing that side of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, a, a whole lot of work goes into uh, doing costume design, especially because not only are you trying to tell your side of the story, but like you even said before, uh, sometimes the studio has somewhat of what they want the character to look like, um, certain mm-hmm, characters. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to tell your oh, story, yeah, and then you have to balance deal. that with mm-hmm. theirs. Right. Yes, so, you have you know, to infuse some of your 
some of your uh, concepts in it, you know, they do want your contribution. It doesn't stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have one more question for you before I let you go, because I know I didn't have you for that long, and I've talked your ear off. Um, Okay. uh, You have done a lot of work, um, a lot of work. What, if you had to choose two, what two films have you worked on, uh, would you say, are your favorites? Uh, if I had to choose two, Malcolm X, uh, you, can I not, can I just say we'll put Black Panther to the side because I don't want to say Black Panther since we said so much about it already. But it, it, it's up there. It's right, right up there. So two other films would be Malcolm X and Amistad. You know, I just have to say. Those two, I put a lot of work and a lot of heart in. I put my work and my heart into everything. I mean, even what's love got to do with it, I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to pick because some of them I can look at over and over again. I love Sparkle, you know, and I, I just like that story. And, and uh, I love the costumes in it. So I, I think that my favorites change depending on, you know, what, I, what I'm feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say Malcolm X, very beautiful, and everyone surrounding Malcolm X definitely got robbed Oscar season uh, for that for that movie. Uh, from Denzel <laughs> all the way all the way down, got got robbed. Uh, everything about that movie was amazing. To to see you do something like Malcolm X, and then you know, and then go to a, a Black Panther, amazing. Amazing. So I, know. I definitely understand how, why Malcolm how X is How fortunate and how blessed and how, you know, how everything, you know, that 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 came to me. And I feel like Ryan, um, you know, he told me a story about how his dad took him to see Malcolm X. And, you know, when he was a little boy and he sat on his dad's lap in the movie theater and, and he never forgot the film. And I thought, you know, what a sweet experience, you know, for a young boy, you know, to be with his father and, you know, to be watching such an important film with his dad, you know, it made me feel really good. And then he was like, look, at the end, after we were done, he was like, look, Ruth, you did Malcolm X and you did this Black Panther. Just just think about it, you know. And, for him, mm-hmm. you know, just for the director to be in touch and in tune with, you know, what we were contributing to the culture is, you know, such a joy. Absolutely. And to see to see Ryan go from the kid on his dad's lap to the uh, amazing young man that has now almost, I want to say, started to reshape the, the idea of the culture uh, with this Black Panther film. And I believe it not only oh, yeah. pushed the envelope a little bit, it, it opens the door for not only more things like this to happen as far as films with uh, African-American directors. But it just opens up the conversation for everything that that movie was, was trying to explore. So that that's amazing. Yeah, and it, uh, and it brings culture back. It brings it back. Yeah. You know, I feel yep. like we kind of had creeped away from it and, and brought it back. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, last thing, I, I this was not a question, just something I wanted to, to just kind of get your opinion on. One thing I was very uh, adamant about, um, because I saw it a lot all over social media with everyone dressing up uh, in, you know, in, in type of gear and everything like that. One thing I tried to, to really express to everyone who was doing that, I wanted to make sure it was known how important it was 
for the reasoning for people dressing up uh, to go see Black Panther. I wanted to make sure it was clear that we weren't doing it to try to be funny, that we were doing it because we respected the culture. We were doing it because, you know, we thought our culture was beautiful. The look was beautiful. Um, so when you looked around and saw that, did you kind of get the feel of people respecting and embracing the culture, or did you kind of worry oh, that yeah. it might become somewhat of a running like... joke? Oh, my God. Well, did somebody do it as a joke? I mean, I had no clue as to that, that, that commentary. Um, I think that people felt silly maybe sometimes that when they pulled out that, that uh, kente kufi and that matching kente daishiki, and they put it on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they giggled. I mean, that was the fun <laughs> of it. I mean, the fun of honoring it. It was one big costume party that was worldwide, and we did the best we could. You know, most people, you know, you go to the movie, you're paying $14 in 4D theaters. It's $20, and you're going with your family. It gets expensive. So, you know, you're crafting your look. It's just like any other celebration where you have to kind of dress up for it. You're crafting your look off of what you have at home or what you borrow from people, whether it's just a uh, emulet around your neck or if it's real clothes you're wearing. And it's just fun. I think it's fun to giggle at yourself and laugh at yourself, too. But what it, what it ultimately does is respected the culture and it honored uh, the film and the filmmakers because, they wanted to experience it on um, the film and all the way through to the audience. And, you know, how great is that? How great is that? Absolutely, absolutely. It definitely made a lot of people who were unfamiliar with the culture uh, definitely want to know more about it. Uh, so I definitely sure. just wanted to, to get your opinion on that because it definitely was something mm-hmm. very beautiful to see as long as it was all for mm-hmm. the right reason. Um, yeah, but I know right. I've, I've definitely good. talked your ear off. Um, <laughs> you have. Thank you. <laughs> but it was all good. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for joining us um, and, and talking with me. Um, before you go, is there any way I can get a drop from you? Sure. Just something like, uh, I'm Ruthie Carter, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hey, you guys, I'm Ruth E. Carter, and you're listening to Geek Vibes. What? Live. Geek. Oh, live. Tag on it. Hey, you guys, <laughs> this is Ruth E. Carter, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Perfect. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Take care. Bye bye. That was the great Miss Ruth E. Carter. I know I talked to her, her ear off so much, but there was so much I, I wanted to talk to her about because I just love the work that she's done. Going on almost three decades now of just amazing work for costume design. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. We have so much coming your way. We have Ryan Porter coming. We have the star of Krypton coming. Uh, we also have uh, Emma Dumont, who plays Polaris on The Gifted coming. Uh, so we have so much in store for you guys. Please stay tuned. We have top top ten this Saturday uh, tomorrow. Actually, forgot that it was Friday. We have top ten tomorrow. Where we will be debating the top ten greatest geek castings of all time. So stay tuned for that, guys. And as always, we'll see you guys later.
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, oh, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.